Greetings. Welcome back to the Cape Lead Revolution. And what I want to talk about today is a little bit about a, a leadership journey. And the reason I bring it up is uh, I'm going to fly out uh, here in a couple hours to speak to a client in Kansas City, Missouri, and really looking forward to it. And um, when when I think about leadership, or when I first started giving leadership talks, when I first started my leadership business, and I set up my different courseware for all the different blocks of instruction that I plan to give, and how I thought about I would bring people along in their leadership journey. It was a little bit tough to figure out where to start. But, you know, step one for me, looking back through all of this, the first step in becoming a better leader, I think is just understanding that you need to become a great version of you. And you need to figure out where you fit on this leadership scale. And are you a good leader? Are you a great leader? Are you a phenomenal leader? Are you trying to be a good leader? Are you doing what you think is right? Are you studying? Are you learning? Are you developing? Are you doing any of those things? And as, as I've thought about this, it, it kind of hit me this morning when I was uh, earlier on my, my morning walk. I was walking my dogs and, and here in the pavement, as you've probably seen before, as the... Uh, as the roads here, I live in uh, Central Phoenix, area called Uptown. Great, great little area. But the roads are relatively old and they're doing a lot of street construction right now. And so it's very interesting when you think about your leadership journey or your development. And uh, how about this? Let's not even think about leadership journey. Let's think about something that you do for you that you're passionate about. Let's say, you like to run marathons, or let's say you like to swim. Let's say uh, you like to give speeches. There, there are distinct ways uh, that you can go about becoming better. A lot of it through repetition, that's easy. Uh, a lot of it through studying, absolutely. A lot of it just through doing it. You can get better at running just by running. You can get better at swimming just by keep swimming. You can be a better speaker just by giving more speeches. But if you're going to combine these three, if you're going to practice more, if you're going to study more and figure out the tips and techniques, and if you're going to do it more and refine and hone your skill, I think that's what's going to make you a better person. And the analogy that I'll use is is the the road that I was walking on this morning and the roads I see around my house is, you know, when, when the roads start to crack... There are uh, uh, essentially, or from what I can determine, three things that uh, the city is going to do. You can either pour asphalt in the cracks and you end up with this huge spider web looking thing on the roads where people have just patched up the cracks, right? I'm, I'm, I'm sure we've all seen that. The second thing that you can do is you can cut out a chunk of bad road and replace it with new road. So when you're driving down, you can, you can see it coming where the, the old road is faded. The new road is there. It's shiny. It's black. It's perfect. And as you drive across it, there's less road noise. I mean, like you, you can not only see that you're driving on new road, but you can feel it and you can hear it. And it's that much better. And the third option is you can tear up the road and make it brand new and fix the whole thing entirely. And and for me, that's just the kind of growth and evolution that I want us 
to figure out right now. For instance, if you're on your leadership journey, if, if you're trying to grow on your leadership journey and the one thing that you are doing is listening to this podcast, then number one, congratulations. You're better than a lot of people out there who don't care enough to take that step. And I applaud those efforts. But two, in most cases, if not all cases, it's probably not enough. Because by listening to me, my theories, my observations, maybe here's some past history of my trials and tribulations, some of my successes and and failures, right? I I hope that, that gives you different stuff to work with. But at the same time, this needs to put into practice. It needs to be personalized. So if this is the one thing that you are doing, I would ask that you just have a conversation with somebody about this. If you like something that I've had, or something that I've said, something that you've heard, right? If if something kind of strikes a note with you, then do me a favor, ask somebody about it. I'm not asking you to pimp my podcast. I'm not saying, hey, download this, listen to this, I want to talk about it. But just ask them plain and simple. Have a leadership conversation. Ask for feedback. How does this work? If you have any direct reports, right, that that report directly to you, that you're in charge of, you're their supervisor, their leader, however you want to say it, talk to them. Ask them different things. Because if you're only listening to this podcast, you're no more than the city that just fills in the cracks. And again, it is a fix. It is better. It is going to make the road better. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Because any step in the right direction is a good step. But, again, in the words of Benjamin Franklin, if better is possible, then good is not enough. So I want you to think about, as, as you understand your, your leadership growth, are you filling in the cracks? Are you replacing a piece of road? Or are you creating a whole new road? And for my growth, for my understanding of leadership, the the point to all this is, is that if I don't study and I don't learn and I don't try and evolve as a human being and as a leader, just by simply being around and working with people, I may be motivating or demotivating them without even trying. By not knowing, not researching, not understanding, I may be inadvertently screwing it up. No, I may not see it. I may not know it. And for you and your team around, if you're not studying leadership, then you're, maybe you don't have the vernacular to explain why I'm a bad leader. And that was huge for me. And I remember my first bosses at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, in the first brigade that I ever worked for. There were some bad leaders in there. And I knew I didn't like them. And I knew they sucked. And I I knew that we can lead people better. That we needed to lead people better. Because you just can't do this authoritarian. Do as I say, not as I do. Or do it just because I said it. Like that mentality felt wrong. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. But the problem is I couldn't articulate it. At a bare minimum, I didn't have the vocabulary necessary to make a legitimate complaint. I didn't have the educational background 
to explain why this type of approach and the application of archaic leadership theories is no longer prevalent in modern society and definitely not modern military society. But it is through my growth and my evolution as a leader that I've been willing to engage in all these things, that I've learned these lessons, that I've built a vocabulary, that people have shared their vocabulary, that I'm trying to share my vocabulary with other people. Because if you can't speak with the right words, you're never going to get your message across. But more importantly, for the people that you're speaking to, if they don't understand those words, your words, regardless of how true and impactful and poignant they are, they're going to fall on deaf ears simply because they don't have the capacity and context to understand what you're talking about. And it's very interesting because as I go through my mornings and I listen to my audiobooks, the last two of which have been uh, Brene Brown books. So if you haven't listened to her, highly recommend it. She's got a Netflix special now. Uh, great, great input, great, great insight. But uh, her books, two of her books, Daring Greatly and Dare to Lead, uh, those have been my recent listens. And just, again, great knowledge, great input. I love her points. I love the study and science backed up by her points. And the words that she uses are distinct and purposeful. And just like I've said before, she, she admits it in, in her books, is that words have distinct meanings. And that some of these words that her research has shown that we you know, more than likely view as synonyms are not synonyms. They have distinct meaning. And you know, a, a major point is between you know, guilt and shame. Like if, if, if I do something wrong, the difference between I am a bad person and I did something bad. So in her mind, the understanding of guilt and shame, those are distinct points that she makes, that she wants people to understand. But back, back to my main point is, if I were to have this conversation with you right now, between guilt and shame, you probably wouldn't get it. I lack the capacity to explain all of her research in a way that is going to speak to you as a human being and or a leader, which is why our own growth and development in leadership studies is so key. And at the end of the day, I don't even want to talk talk about leadership. I don't want to call it leadership. Again, to me, it's good dudership. It's that simple. And throughout her books, she, she talks about life lessons. She talks about business lessons. And then a lot of her books, she talks about parenting lessons. And it's just who we are as parents who we are as, as human beings. And I have to tell you, as a parent, I, I absolutely hate, hate the correlation of leadership and parenting. Because the people that have worked for me have their own parents. Right? And the people that have worked for me, those are not my children. Now, what I will say is, I understand at face value the point trying to be made. Is you have to care about people. If I'm going to lead people, I need to care about them as human beings. They are not a cog in the works. They're not just a spoke in the wheel. They are human beings. And they have families. And they have lives. And they have strengths. And they have weaknesses. And they have goals and dreams and aspirations. 
And so my ability to help shape and create all those things for them, to help them along the way, to help them find success, to, to chase their goals, to achieve their dreams, absolutely, I can do that. But I'm not their parent. And they're not my children. But yesterday, I took my son to McDonald's for a late lunch. And we sat there and I sat down and we got his six-piece McNugget Happy Meal with french fries and some apple slices and chocolate milk. So I said, hey, kiddo, like we have to, we have to eat first before you get on the indoor jungle gym. And so he did, and he said, hey, how about I just eat three chicken nuggets and half of the apples? No, he said two, two chicken nuggets and then two of the apples. And there were probably six apple slices. And I said, hey, why don't you eat six, or sorry, you eat three um, chicken nuggets. You eat half your chicken nuggets and then half your apple slices. And he said, all right, cool. And he was going through and he didn't want to eat the, the third nugget. He ate the third nugget. And then I asked him to eat all of his apple slices, which he happily did, which I was very happy with. And it was very odd because I hate doing that to people. Again, because of my study of expectations, as I've said time and time again, any deviation to an expectation causes frustration. So if I tell him only to eat three of the six apple slices, and then he does, and I say, no, 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 eat the other three, I'd be pissed. But he was, he was really good about it. It was nice. And then at the very end, I asked if he wanted an ice cream cone. And I have to tell you, he only likes chocolate. Like when it comes to candies, like he doesn't like fruity candies. Uh, he doesn't like Skittles. He doesn't like any of that. He just likes, he doesn't like chocolate with nuts. He just likes Hershey Kisses and flat Hershey bars. And so when he wanted an ice cream, I knew he wanted chocolate. But I'm not sure if it's all McDonald's, but at least this McDonald's didn't have chocolate ice cream. But what they did have was a vanilla ice cream dipped in chocolate sauce like I used to get growing up going to, to Dairy Queen. So I got him one of those. So I came back and told him, I said, hey, He's the, he said, hey, I, I, I knew they have chocolate. I said, hey, buddy, this isn't chocolate. This is vanilla ice cream with chocolate all around it. And it's in a, in a nice cone. And he'd never eaten an ice cream cone before. And so I watched him. I watched my five-year-old take a bite of the top, the mix of chocolate and vanilla, and the, the sheer wonderment that was happening in his life when it came to that stuff was, was nothing short of breathtaking. So I watched him eat his ice cream cone. So he sat there, he ate off the top when the, the sides of the chocolate would chip. He'd pick it off with his fingers and eat that separately. And I wasn't sure if he was gonna eat the vanilla ice cream, but then he did. And only once did I have to tell him to turn around because the ice cream was dripping. I didn't want him to make a, a huge mess. But then after that, he picked it up. And so he learned intuitively how to rotate the ice cream cone around. And he ate it. And then he got to the cone. He wasn't sure if he should eat the cone. I said, yeah, you know, the cone's, cone's part of it. He'd never eaten a cone. So I don't know if he'd like the flavor. But then he ate it. And he got there. And I removed the paper off the, the handle for, you know, for the wrapper as he was get, getting near the very end. And he was at the very end of his ice cream cone. I said, all right, Renan, this is what you need to do. You need to put that whole last piece in your mouth. It's the best, it's the best bite of the whole ice cream cone. Just put it all in, in your mouth. And he looked at me, he's like, I'm not going to do that, Dad. I'm like, no, seriously, just shove the whole thing in your mouth. One bite, just, just go ahead and do it. And he did, and it filled his cheeks, and he laughed as he tried to contain it, and he ate his, his ice cream cone. And then I was almost moved to tears of how pure that moment was. Just me and my son, 
me teaching him how to eat an ice cream cone and just him figuring out for himself. Just figuring out the chocolate shell, the whole vanilla ice cream gig, what this weird cone thing was, how to spin the ice cream, right? How to just lick the sides or take big bites of it when it, when it came time to. And it was phenomenal. I remember I sat back and I just, I just reveled in that moment that I hope all of his leadership lessons go that way to where someone can sit there and give him an opportunity to try something new that you know he'd probably like, but he was skeptical to begin with, to let him try small bites at a time. Maybe he'll like some things, maybe he'll not like other things. But for him to sit there, get some subtle coaching along the way, get someone there to, to guide him, to mold him and, and mentor him. Yeah, that's, that's really all I want. And that's all I want for any of us along our, our leadership journey. But I think we need to ask ourselves two things. Number one, are we honest with ourselves about what we want and where we are on our journey? Are we strong enough maybe to speak to a coworker, a teammate, or our supervisor to say, hey, maybe, uh, maybe I have an opportunity for growth here. Because the thing for me is, if you can't figure out where you fit in your leadership journey, I'd say you're probably gonna need some work. And if I had to rate myself on my leadership journey from a scale of one to 10, maybe personally, I would be a seven. I'm very happy with where I've come. I'm very happy with what I've done. But when I think about what a 10 is, I think of John C. Maxwell and Simon Sinek. I think of these amazing published authors whose names are just synonymous with different concepts and different things that, that they have going on and their understanding and their ability to articulate their understanding of leadership in a way to help people. That to me is a 10. So perhaps I'm getting there. But to, perhaps to, to you listening, Maybe anyone out there, maybe for my time in the military, maybe a lot of people would view me as an eight, nine, or 10. But our perspectives are different. And I'm not trying to be overly harsh on, on my grading. I think I'm better than some, and not as good as others. But I can tell you the distinct leadership steps that I've taken, whether the military forced me to, or whether these were the choices that I made on my own. But the journey has to start somewhere. And we need to understand that we are human beings, that we have opportunity for growth and evolution. But every day when we interact with everybody else, and you know, the thing that I say is, you know, all I can ask of anybody is that they do what they can with what they have at that time, regardless of the environment, whether they want to or not. You know, I will also say that at the end of the day, I just want to go home with a peace of mind that I did what I could with what I had at that time or gross the environment whether I want to or not. And that I don't work for an asshole. And that my teammates don't think I'm an asshole. I just want to go home with peace of mind where they know I care. And I know that they care. And that we're in this together. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. And when we can sit down at a table and we can talk without pride or prejudice about where we did things correctly, where we failed, 
where there's room for improvement. You know, and find all these little small things because it's the small things that, that count. If we can do this one thing a little bit better each time, it'll be perfect. And we can, we can get going in that direction. But we need to have these conversations about our leadership growth and development. So ask yourself th- three questions. Where are you in your leadership development? Are you where you want to be? Have you taken steps to get there? Are you expecting anyone else to take those steps for you and just bring them up and then raise your game without any communication of it? That goes into the second question. Does your supervisor know where you are in your leadership journey? Do they know where you are? And do they know where you want to go? And if they do, have both of you outlined steps to get you there? And then thirdly, for all of your direct reports, do you know where they are in their leadership journey? Do you know where they want to go with it? Have you sat down, talked to them, and developed a plan or a roadmap for how you are going to help them get there? These are the good questions. These are the pure questions. And I promise you, if you sit down with your direct reports and you have this conversation and you say, hey, when it comes to leadership, when it comes to your development, when it comes to your evolution inside our company and definitely for your career, where do you think you are? Where do you want to go? How do you want to get there? And how do you think that I can help you? I would have loved any supervisor to sit down and ask me those questions. And I can tell you, it was very, very rare. Extremely rare. Now, in all fairness, for the latter parts of of my career, it was relatively intuitive, where institutionally things were set up for my own growth and development. But those are good questions to ask. And just simply by you asking those questions, your teammates are going to love you for it. It'll start a conversation that will have overarching effect and huge impact for years to come. So, ask those questions. Before, again, before you ask the questions, before you ask your supervisor or your direct reports, have that conversation with yourself. Where are you? Where do you want to go? Do you know how to get there? Are there any mentors that have helped you get there? Are there any mentors that can help you get there? Do you even know that path? Who can you reach out to and talk to? Those are all important questions for your growth, for your sanity, for your peace of mind. And at the end of the day, so that you and no one else around you has to go home knowing that they work for assholes. Because we can be better and we can do better. So, those are my thoughts on leadership journey. And again, the vast majority of what I just said is all predicated on on the stuff that I've experienced personally. On stuff that I wish I would have done better, that my supervisors would have done better, and that I would have done better for my subordinates throughout my career. I could have done much better, much, much better. And again, I'm only truly focused on my own growth, like distinct targeted focus on my growth as a leader in the past four to five years. 
And for having been in the Air Force for 25 years, whew, those were a lot of years that I screwed things up when I had all this opportunity to grow. And it's very interesting, especially with the internet, is I love the phrase is that we are drowning in information and thirsting for knowledge. So let's go get that knowledge and let's go share that knowledge. And with that, this is Chachi wishing you an awesome day and reminding you to always educate, anticipate, and dominate. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.